welcome. This is Regina, and you are listening to Those Catholic Shrinks with Regina and Lisa. Today's podcast is about parenting, and more specifically, parenting for emotional intelligence. So before we get into that, Lisa, I must ask, what are you drinking today? <laughs> well, I am actually drinking. It's called Love Tea. Ooh. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting combo. Um, it's rose petals, orange peel. I don't know what this one is. Demania leaf? Yeah, I don't know what that is either. Yeah, I've never heard of I that. I can't really taste it. This is my favorite <laughs> part, though. Cacao nibs, a little bit of chocolate in there. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon and vanilla beans. Yes, this... It depends on, for those of you, if you enjoy rose or not. <laughs> if you can tolerate the rose, it is very strong. <laughs> but it's, you know, something new, unique in... If you're in the mood for love. <laughs> uh, it's a perfect kind of thing for, for middle of winter, but winter in Florida, you know? Right. Where it kind of gets you in this in the feeling for the season, but it's not too wintry where you're like, okay, it's like 80 degrees outside. <laughs> it's still 80 degrees. I'm not... Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of love, mm. we're talking about parenting today. Yes. So what better tea to have? Because any parent out there knows that they would give their life for their children. <laughs> and if that's not love, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> um, so one of the things we thought we might want to talk to you about is this idea of emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, and everybody might not be familiar with this, mm-hmm. Um I know we talk about it a lot right. um, in our circles, but there is this idea that, you know, we talk about IQ, mm-hmm. but that's your um, intelligence quotient. Um, but in psychology, we talk about how there's more than one type of intelligence. Right. Um, and that, you know, something like just an IQ doesn't necessarily give us a full picture of a person's intelligence. I actually think about, um, like with Andy and I, um, one of the, the um, intelligences that we talk about in, in, in psychology is a kinesthetic or physical um, intelligence. So right. knowing where your body is in space and being coordinated. Right. So or handy with tools. Yes, mm-hmm. understanding like how to put something together, being able to visualize mm-hmm. um, spatial objects and knowing where you are in relation to those spaces so in in andy's in my relationship it's funny i would say he probably has the higher um um, kinesthetic or physical intelligence Mm -hmm. like we've tried playing sports together we we actually tried to play sports on an intramural league once and my brain could not understand the formations and where i was supposed to be in that physical space to the point where like he was having to move me. And I'm like, I feel so dumb right now. Why do I feel so dumb? But because he just has a better kinesthetic or physical sense and he's a better athlete than I am, um, which is a form of intelligence. And kind of in that vein, there is such a thing as emotional intelligence mm-hmm. as well, um, which is, I would say, is being able to recognize I'm having an emotion, yes. labeling that emotion, and then choosing what you're going to do with that emotion. Right. Um, and so part of our job as parents is actually to help our children have a higher emotional intelligence. The way we help them with homework and spelling tests and math um, in relation to their IQ, um, 
we have to be helping them with their emotional intelligence as well. And actually, um, the data shows that children who have higher emotional intelligence tend to fare better later on in life mm. um, and have higher satisfaction rates with their life, mm. um, totally apart from whether or not they're little geniuses, right. super smart. Right. Um, that emotional intelligence actually predicts happier rates later in life. Mm. And that's so important. And how, how can you use emotional intelligence? Well, one, how can you help your children to become emotionally intelligent, but also... How can you use it to your advantage, almost like a parenting mm -hmm. technique mm -hmm. or method? Um, and I think one way to do that <laughs> is by just listening, Yeah. right? Listening to your kid when they're upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like so often as adults, we've talked about that before, where it's just so easy to come up with that solution. You know, you see your five-year-old in the predicament, you see your teen in the predicament, and it's just so easy to say, well, just do this. <laughs> and <laughs> we want to solve. We want them to be quiet. We need, you know, there's too much going on. And I just need to stop this little fire from getting out of control so my life can move forward. And we, but taking that extra step to actually listen and say, oh, tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. That sounds really tough. That sounds really hard. Because in their world, in the five-year-old world, three-year-old world, that is really upsetting to not get their favorite color plate or to not get, <laughs> you know, so-and-so didn't sit with them yep. at recess or whatever it is. Yeah, Jimmy had a total meltdown the other day because I peeled his banana for him. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking off the charts. Right. Like, I peeled it and I broke it in half. Whoa. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> World came crashing down. Yeah, but I completely agree. Like, listening, I think, is the first step to... Mm -hmm teaching your children emotional intelligence because we model, right? Mm -hmm. So part, what did we talk about? Emotional intelligence is knowing that you have an emotion, which means listening to your emotions. Um, so when we listen to our child's emotions, they learn it's okay for me to listen to my emotions. Mm -hmm. And so we're modeling that for them. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, I read a book recently, so if you wanna go more in depth about this, it's called um, Raising Emotionally Intelligent Children. Mm -hmm. and it's by our favorite couple, the Gottmans. We, um, we do love you. John and Julie Gottman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they talk about, in terms of the way we listen to children's emotions, there's um, typically three types um, of styles that you can do and so there's three types that it's easy to fall into and then there's a fourth type that we kind of want to to create for ourselves so the three types are um, dismissive disapproving and laissez-faire so a dismissive parent when a child has an emotion um, say like with Jimmy like and the banana mm -hmm. he's very upset that I peeled his banana for him right. a dismissive parent would say you're not upset you're not mad you're not mad even though clearly he's screaming right. so he's very mad but as the parent I'm anxious and I was incredibly anxious wanting to say you're not feeling that emotion so that's what a dismissive parent would do right. or stop feeling that even yes exactly mm -hmm. yep a disapproving parent would say something like why are you doing that you're so ungrateful I peeled the banana for you you shouldn't be mad I peeled mm -hmm. the banana for you mm -hmm. you're being ungrateful so having a negative emotion is seen as you're not allowed to have negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And a laissez-faire parent would say, oh, you're screaming at me? Yeah, I give up. 
Right. <laughs> and we all... Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yep. You know what? I'm just going to go get you a new banana. And we're not going to deal with the fact that mm. this is the banana. And then that banana gets... I either have to eat that banana or it gets thrown away. Mm-hmm. And I kind of give in to your emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all have one or two ways of kind of dealing with things that we kind of like a car when you let go of the the wheel you list towards it Mm -hmm. you know we all have one of those three ways that we list towards um but that the goal is to become emotion coaching parents which is Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit more what we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. and that um we want to help our children have emotionally be emotionally intelligent and so just being dismissive or disapproving or just giving up is not going to help them mm-hmm. to understand and deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, taking that second to say, you know, oh, are you sad about the banana? <laughs> right? Are you upset because mommy peeled the banana? And even if they can't speak or have a full conversation about it, you know, I'm sure they could at least give you a crying head nod uh, or Mm -hmm. a yes, you know, through their snot (laughs) and their tears. And, um, you know, that is showing that you're listening to them and giving them that space to know that it's safe to communicate how I'm feeling and teaching them what they're feeling. Yeah. Because they don't even know. They could be experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. And you're putting a name and a word to that for them, which is part of the ability to be emotionally intelligent how can you have that strength without being able to recognize what's going on within you Mm -hmm. so being able to name that for them yeah but like you said giving them the space because if you don't give them the space to feel the emotion in the first place Mm -hmm. how can they even begin to name what that emotion is Um, and children need us adults to help walk them through it and sometimes it feels so silly like honestly it's like Okay, so I need to give Jimmy room to scream about this, and he's right. going to. Um, and then I'm going to say things like, you're mad because I peeled the banana. Right. Which seems like such a silly thing to say. Like, <laughs> clearly you're mad that you peel, that I peeled the banana. But he's so new to the world and right. this idea of emotions that he doesn't have, he literally does not have the word mad yet. Mm-hmm. And he won't have it until I start pairing it for him. And it's funny actually talking about that. You got a fun gift um, that kind of relates to that. Yes, I got a pretty cool baby shower gift recently. And it's called How Do I Feel? It's this stack of books. It's like 10 little little kid books, you know, the heavy duty, thick page kind of board books. Board yeah. books. And um, each book has a different emotion. So proud, scared angry, shy, sleepy, and it has little stories in between. So like, I feel proud when I do something difficult, or I feel proud when I'm really good. And there's fun pictures and colors. And I would say, go to your local bookstore and pick one of these up because it's so easy, a fun way to read, one, read with your children, Mm -hmm. but also to give them examples of these are scenarios where these emotions might come up for you. Yeah. And this is typical and normal. Yep. Yep. Um, I feel angry when, whatever. Let's let's check out the angry book. Let's see. <laughs> I feel angry when I can't have something. So that's perfect. I yep. feel angry when I can't have the banana peeled the way I want or when yep. my toy is taken. Yep. Yeah, and it's crazy. I think we as adults, because it's been forever since we've been in this stage of mm-hmm. being a little kiddo, um, 
we take for granted that we know what emotions are. Right. You know, that we have the words for it. Like even Jimmy recently, um, I was actually telling you right before the podcast, um, I know they've been working on emotions with him um, in school because, so Jimmy's a year and a half. Um, I know they've been working on emotions with him in school because um, we have like this little uh, piece of paper that has a stick figure that somebody drew for us and then they have a happy face on it. And he loves to run up to it and yell, happy, happy. Mm-hmm. He's only got one word, he only speaks in one word sentences right now, but it's like, oh, they've been working on happy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, or even things like sad. So he knows the word sad now. So when he, I watch him push another baby, I can go up to him and say, Jimmy, that makes mommy sad. Mm-hmm. And so then you can even start to use it in, okay, so helping him understand the world, helping mm-hmm. him understand relationships. Mm-hmm. And some, it seems so simple, but it's so crucial just helping kids label their emotions. Right. Um, and it's simple to us. It's not necessarily simple to them. Right. We, we take for granted those things in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And that's why it's so important of what you're saying when, you know, he pushes somebody else and you explain, you know, that makes you sad or the, the baby sad, right? And normalizing, again, like with these books, which is why normalizing is an important point, mm-hmm. is realizing there's a world beyond you, which, you know, <laughs> when you're two years old, that's very difficult to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. But you're laying that foundation of knowing my impact. So somebody with low emotional intelligence you know, not to pick on anyone here, but in an adult real world, real world example, it might be somebody with road rage mm. or something like that. Like that person is so upset with getting cut off or whatever they interpret as being cut off that they want to tailgate, run you off the road, or even as things we've seen in the news where people are taking guns out and shooting each other over yeah. just simple like traffic violations. <laughs> and... That to me would be a scenario of low emotional intelligence mm-hmm. because you're only focused in that moment, the individual is focused on what's happening for them. Mm-hmm. They can't regulate themselves yeah. to the point where they're actually shooting a gun at someone. Yeah. And so that's really important to take that step of realizing that other people are sad in these instances too. Other people mm-hmm. can be angry. And when you do something to someone that can hurt them yeah as well it's not just necessarily about you exactly you have to perspective taking of the other person exactly yeah and then also being able to once you're able to label the emotion Mm -hmm. also within this scenario say on a scale of one to ten where should I be with this emotion Mm -hmm. you know so like being cut off somebody with road rage is putting that at a level 10 angry. Right. Really, that should probably be more around like a level five. Right. Maybe a level eight mm-hmm. if they've endangered you. Right. Or a level nine if like, okay, this Maybe person is three. drunk driving. Like, yeah, right. drunk driver. Okay, I'm going right. to be much angrier at that right. person. Versus like, you you took your turn at the stop sign before I was supposed to, and I got to the stop sign first, you know? Right, That's exactly. That's definitely a level three. So even, so you've labeled the emotion, but now, like, where is it, where is the appropriate amount of this emotion? Exactly. You know, and we all have those moments where we've had a button that's been pushed, and it's like, getting incredibly angry. I'm actually one of those people who gets super angry in the car. <laughs> um, and it's funny, it's because I usually, I usually use the car for prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like in the middle of a rosary. <laughs> Somebody will cut me off and it's like, oh, it's like, and Hail Mary for grace. <laughs> it's like, but 
it helps me to kind of recognize, all right, Lisa, right. in the grand scheme of the world, right. where should I be in this? And we all can work on that in terms of, like you said, regulation of emotion. Where is the appropriate amount of anger? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, and you can do this with any age kid. You can do that with those with your little kids and saying you feel sad, mommy feels sad too sometimes, mm-hmm. or daddy was sad the other day when this happened, or older kids. Like, you can ask your 10-year-old and say, how did that make you feel? Or how do you think so-and-so felt when you were mm-hmm. mean to them, when you were rude? How do you think that would make them feel? Yeah. How would you feel if somebody said that to you? Mm-hmm. You know, and so... There's lots of ways to use normalizing to your advantage when you're disciplining instead of just mm-hmm. go to your room, you're being mean to your sister. Yeah. It's how do you think you made her feel when you said that? Yeah. Right? And so we're bringing back in that intelligence, that awareness of yeah. the emotions involved. The child is in tune with how their behavior, how they let their emotions take over, which impacted their behavior, and they had to think about the impact on someone else Yeah, because of that. And that's all building some of that mm-hmm. intelligence. Absolutely. And as you were talking about that, too, it makes me think, like, so we've been talking a lot about anger, but even within sadness, too, you can use this. Mm-hmm. Because I think we as a parents and adults, we get into these moments where, like, our, our child's really incredibly sad about something, and we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But half the time you don't have to do anything. It's just literally this. It's it's listening, right? Hearing what the emotion is, and like you're talking about, normalizing. Yeah, it's normal for someone to feel sad when their best friend moves away. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what that feels like for you. Right. Um, you know, because I think that as we as your child moves into adolescence, and we talk a lot about this a lot, where they differentiate or they kind of separate themselves emotionally from their parents more. Right. Um, if you've kind of built this foundation of I listen to and affirm what you're feeling, mm-hmm. they're going to be more likely to talk to you when they're adolescence right um and if they are adolescents and that's maybe not something you've been doing but that's a time when you can start to change that dynamic mm-hmm. and you notice like I've, I've been feeling myself not as emotionally connected to my teenager sometimes it can just be like I know that you've had something happen in your life recently or you got a bad grade tell me how you feel about that mm-hmm. and then affirming the emotions that come with it and waiting to problem solve whatever it is yes waiting to problem solve because <laughs> <laughs> like you were talking about at the beginning we just jump right into the problem solving well you need to do this 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 and this mm-hmm. and you should have said this to that person and um, before listening to labeling and validating the emotions that come before the problem solving right. Because they're not going to want to problem solve with you if you haven't really heard what the issue is. Right. You know? And I think that's true of any of the age ranges, actually. Yeah, I would agree. I think we all have a deep place to feel understood and heard. And we, you know, we long for that. We long for that connection and intimacy. We're built for community. That's what we're designed for. And so when you're able to affirm that within your child and say, you know, you're feeling Mm -hmm. upset tell me more about that that's a beautiful moment to be able to minister to them in a way yeah and then I think the final point we wanted to talk about was just guiding them so allowing Mm -hmm. them how to express um, those emotions and I think again it's just perfectly simple to be that role model of you know you're upset here's what you do about it so I once worked with a three-year-old 
um, when I did home-based therapy out of state long ago. So this, there's no chance of anyone running into this family <laughs> or knowing what happened. Um, but, you know, the family had been through a pretty traumatic experience, and the three-year-old was very acting out, like very bad behaviors in a sense, but for lack of a better word. So he would trash the whole room in the house and um, almost like a teenager would. It was mm-hmm. very... Uh, alarming (laughs) so you know we were finishing up therapy and we were preparing for termination and so you know we had to give multiple weeks advance notice and let him know dates on the calendar of when I wouldn't be coming to the house anymore and those types of things the first time I told him that you know this many more days and this is when Regina doesn't come to the house he took my work bag and dumped it he didn't say anything. I just mm. told him and explained. He took the work back. He dumped it out and ran upstairs. Oh. And, you know, his mom went and got him. And when he came back down, you know, I said, look, I'm sad too. I don't want to leave either. Mm-hmm. But when we're sad, we don't throw other people's things mm-hmm. on the floor. And so we started picking it up. And so all of those moments are when you can give a substitute behavior for what just happened. Yeah. Like you mentioned before, the coaching Mm -hmm. of I'm, I get sad too, but here's what we do when we're sad or when we're angry, we don't hit and bite. Mm -hmm. We do this instead. Mm -hmm. You know, we clap our hands when we're upset. It's anything to kind of give some other behavior or distraction, at least for the littles. Yeah. Um, of how you can allow them to express that emotion. So you're affirming the feeling giving them room to express it and showing them how to do it in a healthy way yeah. as opposed to, oh my gosh, you just, you just threw my stuff on the floor, you know, <laughs> go to your room, be in timeout. And that's, mm-hmm. again, a missed opportunity of how to learn. Yeah. And I think it's easier said than done, but yes. being very careful <laughs> to not being sucked into whatever the emotion is that they're feeling mm-hmm. um, and not being sucked into a battle. Right. Um, and the best way to do that is to think of it as, like, you use the word guide mm-hmm. or a coach. I think those two things. So if you think of yourself in those heightened emotional moments as, okay, it would be so, and it was, it was so easy when he's, like, screaming at me for the banana. Like, I was feeling emotions, too. That's right. something that happens for us as parents is, right. like, I was getting, and he's a one-and-a-half-year-old, so why <laughs> am I getting upset? But I was because, like... Somebody is screaming at me, and it's right. very easy to become upset. Somebody dumps your bag out. Like, it's right. very easy to become upset. Mm-hmm. But if you think of yourself as, I'm the coach, and, like, when everything else in the game is going wrong, and we're losing, or, like, you know, just that play didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, or right. you don't get emotionally sucked in. Mm-hmm. You're the coach. You're the one directing. You need to be above what's happening within that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, much easier said than done. And we're not right. perfect at it. <laughs> and we don't do it perfectly 100% of the time. Right. And it's okay for our kids to see us be imperfect. But that's the goal that we're, we're moving towards is, is coaching them through these moments. And kind of saying like, okay, I'm going to emotionally detach myself for this moment. And then maybe later on tonight after the kids are going to bed, I'm going to go to Andy and be like, that was so ridiculous. <laughs> All I did was peel the banana. <laughs> but waiting for moments when, you know, we're outside of that emotionally heightened moment. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's a good way to frame it. The more you can look at it the, that way as a coach, as a teacher, the less it's going to impact you. It's going to yes. make you a more effective parent. 
And it's also kind of fun to think about in a way of like, ooh, when's the next, oh, when's the next time they're going to get upset? I have the perfect response in my head. <laughs> and like, plan it out ahead of time. Like, oh, yeah. the next time the tantrum comes mm-hmm. or, you know, they storm up in the room and lock, like, you know, I know exactly what I can say to empathize with them, but also make them think about, you know, mm-hmm. the choices they made and how they're choosing to behave and being, yeah. own, taking ownership of that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. If you're interested in reading more, definitely check out the Gottman book, Raising Emotionally Intelligent Children. Um, And we will see y'all next time. 